Yeah, he looks adorable, <laughs> but you guys, the mascot is really in the way today. Yeah, Thanks. he's front well, and center. Maybe he's front and center. Maybe <laughs> if I mess with him, he'll get annoyed and we'll leave. Ow, no, he's yeah, just digging his closet. That's a dangerous game to play <laughs> with the cat. It really is. But if <laughs> I take, maybe if one. I, I know, maybe if I tickle his belly aggressively. No, he kind of likes it, I think. Damn it. Okay, well, maybe he'll just sit here on my lap. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Jinx. <laughs> Not the same time. <laughs> you say something, I just repeat it and then say, Jinx. Jinx, you owe me a Dead. soda. You owe me a sodi. Um, <laughs> how are you guys? Pauses for response. Pause, yeah. <laughs> it's like Dora the Explorer. But yeah. make it spooky. It's interactive. And- Explicit, usually. Yes. Oops. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Real jinx that time. That was good. Oh, yeah, jinx. Jinx, bitches. <laughs> um, okay, enough dilly-dallying, okay, Amy? Yeah. Could you okay. get on Yeah, just get focus. On task? Yep. Would you... Would you focus? Would you just... Would you, <laughs> would you stop messing around? Focus. It's time to focus. God. I never focus with you. Jeez. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> as Let's we get previewed. Okay, we're doing it. We're doing it. As we previewed last week, we are going to be digging in, digging in deeper to <laughs> the Warrens. That sounded very corporate, and I'm sorry for that. We're just going like, to deep dive, like, dig yeah. a little deeper into this topic. Maybe we no. can circle back. Um, <laughs> this is us circling that. back. That has entered my regular vocabulary now. I know. Like a deeper I know, it's dive. So annoying. <laughs> let's let's do let's do can we do like a postmortem deep dive on that? Yeah. No. <laughs> Until I'm postmortem, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but also my manager asks and I'm like, yeah, okay. Um any loser. <laughs> so moving on, switching out of corporate live mode into spooky mm-hmm. live. Spooky till I die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me today. My stomach hurts and I'm just like out. I'm out. Yeah. Um, we're talking about the Warrens. Okay. Ed and Lorraine. So yes. I'm going to give some quickie little background on them. Actually, not quickie. Like it actually goes kind of yeah. a lot of depth. Uh-huh. But um, I'm trying to stray away from using Wikipedia as heavily because I feel mm-hmm. like there are just other interesting perspectives that obviously is like an aggregate, but a lot of stuff gets left out, blah, blah, blah. So I actually went with Travel Channel for a lot of this because mm-hmm. they cover, you know, the Travel Channel hosts a lot of the like the supernatural, yeah, paranormal mm-hmm. hunter kind of shows. So they have a ton yeah. of info about this stuff. But um, so they have an article that's 11 things you need to know about legendary paranormal investigators and Lorraine Warren. And it sounds hokey and I'm not going to read all 11, but it's actually really quite interesting. Some of them. Yeah. Um, So we know obviously that I'm just going to get right into it. You know, obviously that their work has inspired a lot of Hollywood movies, which we've referenced. Um, And I believe Amy's going to go into at least one of those in more depth today. Yes. Um, So I'm going to like touch on it so, so briefly, but then I'm not going to steal the thunder on it. So there, I won't. (laughs) They, um, this kind of talks a little bit through like their rise to fame. Ed actually had a near death experience. Um, and they at one point received reinforcement from a future Pope. Whoa. So we're going to get into that. Interesting. Yeah. Like some really fun little factoids in here. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say which one, but their paranormal investigation served as the inspiration behind one of the most iconic horror movie franchises. Mm-hmm. And then Amy's going to get to deliver on that. So <laughs> moving right along. Um, so they, both Ed and Lorraine as children, liked the paranormal. Like they were interested in it as kids. Um, as a boy, Ed grew up in a house that he believed to be haunted Lorraine began to notice her clairvoyant abilities at a young age as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Ed recalled as a child doors opening on their own, strange lights starting to form in his house. Lorraine recalled her first experiences around the age of nine. She remembered seeing auras around people, but assumed that this was normal and something that everybody Mm -hmm. would see. 
So kind of interesting. Um, they get a little older, um, which honestly, like that could be me. Like, <laughs> I like that uh-huh. as a yeah. kid. Right. Um, <clears throat> they get a little older. Ed entered the Navy on his 17th birthday, which cute fun factoid. So, so did my yeah, so did my papa. He lied and oh. said he was 18. <laughs> yeah. Um and so he he so he entered the Navy at 17. A few months later, the ship he was on collided with an oil tanker in the northern Atlantic. A fire oh. erupted, and all of the men on the ship had to jump overboard. As Ed wow. was in the icy water, he prayed for help and was soon rescued. Weird. Hmm. And then after yeah. that experience, he returned home and asked Lorraine to marry him, which is also oh. a cute little factor. My papa and yeah. Grammy have a really similar story. <laughs> so it sounds like they were dating already and then he left mm-hmm. and then came back and then they got married, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. Like, anyway, uh. probably not a unique story for that time. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Maybe not. Ed, yeah, maybe not, but that's okay. So um, yeah. Ed Warren was a fine arts painter. I didn't know this oh. either. Um, <laughs> Neither did I. The, yeah, the couple actually, this is interesting. The couple actually used his painting skills as a way to gain entry into houses that they wanted to investigate. Sneaky. Very sneaky. Yeah. Wow. So they would research houses that they believed were haunted, then drive to the house. After Ed painted the house, he would hand the painting to Lorraine. She would knock on the door and offer the homeowners the painting as their ticket into the house. Once she struck up a conversation with the homeowner, they would learn more about the property and the hauntings. And that's how the process started. So it's just like so Hmm. interesting. And that's how their investigative career began. Like that's how the paintings are how they got into the first houses they ever investigated. Right. So Wow. Kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. So, Good to know. Yeah. So then if you think about, um, like, on a, you know, chronological timeline, um, they're, then they get into the um, investigations. They're doing them regularly. Kind of their process for intake. So obviously at first they had kind of like an idea of which houses they wanted to go to, probably based on rumors and, you know, so-and-so died in the house or whatever. Over time... Um, their policy and their controversial, which obviously we're, we've already kind of seen as of last week, which we'll get into more, but they, they at least claimed that they tried to rule out all logical or physical explanations before agreeing to take a case. So before they even got to the house, they would try to explain things logically. They didn't just take anyone's word when they said they were experiencing paranormal activity. So Ed would go to the scene and use every possible avenue available to rule out logical explanations before moving forward with the case. Hmm. So the thing I'll note there is like based on the one we talked about last week with like the older son who had some like pretty severe mental health issues. I think it doesn't really take into account like, I don't want to call a mental illness an abnormality, but something that is drastically different and not typical, I would say. Yeah. Like, I don't think that really takes that into account. So I, I do like caveat that a little bit, but I do think it's interesting because there's so much like at least conjecture that they were basically like sensationalize it. Yeah. But even if they did want to sensationalize certain stories, it could be that other stories were that dramatic and they just, Mm. you know, I don't know. I feel like that gives them a little bit of like clout in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Okay. The first case that garnered media attention actually occurred in their hometown, which was Bridgeport, Connecticut in 1974. Um, <clears throat> this was more than 20 years after they began their work. So they've what? been grinding unnoticed for a long <laughs> yeah, for time. Decades. Huh. decades and decades. decades of work. So, yeah. so I can hmm. kind of see why they were like, make some shit up. Yeah. <laughs> make it pop. I mean, <laughs> let's get this show on the road. It's been long enough. <laughs> it's been long enough. We've been working long and hard as the Ghostbusters here. Um. So the Warrens had a family friend who also happened to be a psychic, of course, Mary Pascarella, um, who contacted them and informed them of paranormal activity that local Bridgeport residents Jerry and Laura Gooden were experiencing. 
Once news got out about the poltergeist affecting the house on Lindley Street, crowds began to form outside the house. This was the first case where the Warrens experienced such a large media presence as they tried to conduct their work. So there probably had been like local news cameras and stuff before, but this was like a big deal. Like the town found out about it. Everyone showed up. It was like mob style. Mm -hmm. Flash mob, but make it... (laughs) Um, They were both devout Catholics, which... If you've seen any movie that references them, you kind of get a sense for that. Um, And Ed was actually eventually recognized as the only Catholic lay expert on demonology, which is really fascinating. Not that like the Catholic church certifying him makes him more credible, but like (laughs) kind of, it kind of does. Like if if someone's going to know about demons, it's going to be the Catholics, right? (laughs) They know, they know about it. They know, they know about the demons. Yeah. Pretty reputable (laughs) on the demon front. Yeah. Um, So they appeared on, they started gaining popularity, started appearing in mainstream media, appeared on some television shows, including the Merv Griffin show, Tom Snyder show, Scariest Places on Earth. Um, They, yeah, they actually even had a cameo in the film that your story is, is, or inspired, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw that. I don't know where they were in it. So I'm curious if you have the details. Yeah. Um, well, I might let you down. But that's okay. I, 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 can, I, can, quickly, I can quickly search it. Where were they? Um, so obviously, as they gained popularity, they also gained a lot of criticism um, in an effort to prove her abilities were not faked. Lorraine underwent, underwent scientific testing by parapsychologists at UCLA. Um, they examined her and after extensive studies, they determined Lorraine was a quote, light trance medium, end quote. Hmm. So don't know what that means, but yeah, kind of no. legit that UCLA was like, Hey, we have a para- yeah. parapsychology section, like come yeah. to this poke and prod you. Yeah. I'd be like, hmm. yeah, yeah, fire it up. Love to find um, out. Yeah. Um, They allegedly encountered a succubus during the paranormal investigation of Jack and Janet Smurl. And yes, their last name is Smurl, (laughs) as in Hurl, but with an S. Oh, I was going to ask if it was an I or a U. It's a U. It's (laughs) a U. Not like Swirl, but like Uh Smurl. (laughs) There is a difference. There is a big difference. I think we can all agree. We can all agree, right, everyone? Pause for a response. Um, soon we're going to have laugh tracks. We're going to have applause. It's going to be great. Um, okay, sorry. Back to the succubus. Um, so while investigating the Smurl family, Ed determined the entity that was haunting them was a succubus, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, which I think you all do because we've talked about it before, is a specific name given to a demon that primarily attacks males. Um, and usually it's sexual in nature mm-hmm. um, or at least like sexual motivation i don't know why i'm saying sexual like that but i'm gonna sexual, sexual. um so okay and this is the part with the pope and it's related to the smurls so the smurls are slabs the smurls you guys go jack and janet um two better names not jill jack and jill smurl yeah. really would have that would have slapped yeah um <laughs> So at the time of the Smurl haunting, which they don't provide a year, but I'm guessing it's in the 70s or 80s, um, the the Pope, Pope Benedict the 16th at the time was known as Cardinal Ratzinger, which he was also known as right before he became Pope. Um, they received reinforcements from him while they were trying to remove the succulus from Smurl's home. So... Oh. The Warrens contacted the Catholic Church, described the haunting happening at the Smurl household. Cardinal Ratzinger assigned an exorcist from the Catholic Church who went to the house and performed a ritual of exorcism, the ritual Romano. So I don't know if he ever actually came to the house, but he helped them and gave them their exorcist. (laughs) That's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. It's kind of fun. It's coming from on high. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> um, so there are some more little details that I'll kind of sprinkle through the rest of this, just generally about them. Um, one thing I will flag quickly is they had a daughter. Her name's Judy. 
Um, and she was born in 1951. Um, and they have since passed. I think everyone knows that in 20, 2006 and 2019, respectively. Um, and she and her husband, Tony Spera, actually own the family's museum, which includes Annabelle. Right. Is it? Okay. We'll I saw that. something disappointing. I think I saw that it closed. Did the you museum? see that? Yeah. No. Okay. okay I we'll might need to, to confirm that. Yeah. 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 Okay. We can confirm. We can confirm. Okay. Um, Okay, so I'm going to quickly go over some of their most famous cases, um, and I'm not going to go into a ton of detail about one of them in particular. <laughs> um, well, a couple of them, actually, because one of them I already talked about. First one on the list is the Snedeker House. So as a reminder, this was in the 1980s. Um, the Snedekers were living in Southington, Connecticut. Um, this was the one with all the mortuary tools in the basement and the demon rape and a lot of not good stuff. A lot of also kind of sus things because it's very possible that there were fabrications to some of the story. But moving right along, <clears throat> the Perrin family which I'm not going to talk too much about, but based in Rhode Island, five young daughters, very creepy history of this farmhouse. And that's all I'm going to say because they invested <laughs> it and I'm sure Amy's got the details. Mm -hmm. The Enfield Poltergeist in 1977, a single mother named Peggy Hodgson called the police to her home in Enfield, telling them that she had witnessed furniture moving and two of her four children had heard knocking from inside the walls. In the subsequent 18 months, more than 30 people, including neighbors, psychic researchers, and journalists, said they witnessed heavy furniture moving of its own accord and objects being thrown across the room. 30 people. That's a lot. <laughs> That's Yeah. Yeah. Two, a lot of Two people. of the children. Okay, this is wild, too. I forgot about this little detail. Two of the children, Janet and Margaret, were also photographed levitating several <laughs> feet off the ground. Whoa. <laughs> Levitating. There's a photo. Oh my god. I don't know. I don't know where the photo is. I'm gonna try yeah. to find it. But yeah. big yikes. Um wow. okay, even if that's yeah. not ghosty, mm -hmm. there's some mm -hmm. vortex in that <laughs> that house. hundred percent. So either yeah, way, that's crazy. Stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel too like I understand if you have psychic researchers coming in and being like, oh, I saw things move. But yeah. neighbors and journalists, I feel like those are the most critical people in your life. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to disprove things. Yeah. Like, they're like, your house is haunted. Yeah. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Lorraine and Edward were finally contacted in 1978, so the following year, and concluded that a demonic presence inhabited the house. So I'm sure they then exercised the demon, but they don't talk about yeah. that in too much detail. Annabelle, the doll, um, she is a Raggedy Ann doll, so not like the movie in that way. Yeah. Originally, so scary. To, so scary. To a young nurse. It actually seems, okay, which seems scarier to you? The doll they use in the movie or a Raggedy Ann? Um, well, okay, I'm trying to picture the doll in the movie. Is she porcelain? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they're equally creepy with Raggedy Ann. I don't like the stitching, like mm -hmm. with the buttons. Yeah, it's got Coraline vibes. Yeah, but porcelain, oh. I could just throw her against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> she chose violence, right? <laughs> I mean, if yeah, you were wait. with Annabelle and she was porcelain, why You'd would like, you smash her? <laughs> <laughs> that franchise so harder. <laughs> yeah, that franchise could have been ended fast, mm -hmm. quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always think about, like many movies, like Harry Potter, yeah. for example. Like, mm -hmm. pick up your phone, text Sirius, like, "Hey, are you home?" Rather than going to the <laughs> going to the ministry where he dies. <laughs> hey, serious, hey, man. you home? It was just FaceTime really quick. 
get this sorted out. Or even just call on a landline. (laughs) That would do. Oh my God. Oh shit, that's funny. I I was convinced that you were going to say just snatch Voldemort's wand, snap it. (laughs) End of story. That too. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck operating without your weapon, fam. (laughs) Yeah, that's true too. Well, you just ruined Harry Potter. Okay, you also ruined Harry Potter. That's not just on me. Well, <sighs> whatever. Anyway, whatever. Okay, and sorry, the whole point of me asking that, I don't find Raggedy Ann to be intimidating. Maybe oh. I shouldn't have said that aloud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, I just suddenly like had a little twinge like I had to pee because I got nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> no, I swear to God, yeah. I didn't mean it. <laughs> anonymous source after that (laughs) except it would be like amazon from (laughs) like bitch cotton act flies to antarctica sends it from there yep i'm committed you gotta gotta lean in at this point anyway so i'm sure the actual annabelle was terrifying af so don't haunt me um Okay, so originally the doll was gifted to a young nurse whose name is Donna by her mother. Donna took the doll back to her apartment. She and her roommate Angie noticed that it would often change position, moving from one room to another. They would find notes scattered around the apartment reading, help me, in a child's handwriting. And then the roommate's boyfriend, Lou, claims that he woke up one night totally frozen and saw the doll slowly crawl up his body and attempt to strangle him oh my god no like that is not it. <laughs> Mm-mm. absolutely not so obviously the roomies were distressed so donna and angie reached out to a medium who told them that the doll was possessed by the spirit of a seven-year-old girl named annabelle higgins mm-hmm. the medium asserted that the spirit was ultimately benevolent but and lorraine warren disagreed um they determined that it was actually a demonic presence inhabiting the doll pretending to be a child in hopes that they would keep it um they performed a blessing in the residence before taking annabelle off of the young woman's hands and annabelle now lives in the museum that is run by well hopefully still run by judy and her husband no Um, as of when 2019 whoa maybe on her death because you said uh she died there is something that came up actually i'm gonna click on this right now okay i'm gonna tack this on to the end of end of this because it goes into like some details and i think this was in this was in 2021 so they should know that it's Hmm. closed we'll get back to that annabelle creepy as shit smurl haunting just talked about this, but it gives it, there's like a couple um, little details in here that are super interesting. So um, this was in 1974 in Pennsylvania. Strange things were happening in their new house, which led the Smurls to believe that a demon possessed their home. They claimed the demon had slammed their German shepherd into a wall, bit oh. Jack the husband's ear, and pushed one of their daughters down a flight of stairs. Oh, God. Yeah. Both Jack and Janet were said to have been sexually assaulted by the demon, which seems Uh to be a very common report. And I don't love that. Um, No. In 1986, they contacted. So this was in 74. They moved in. They didn't see the Warrens until 86. (laughs) They were there for a while. Right. And also like move, move out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 1986, they contacted the Warrens, who confirmed that their house was haunted. Ed Warren would go on to say that he had witnessed a dark mass form inside the home and that the demon had left him a message telling him to get out. Get out. Get out. Yeah. Um, one of the most bizarre cases ever investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren occurred in Essex, England. This is the South End Werewolf. Oh. A seemingly ordinary carpenter named William Ramsey claimed to be possessed by a demon that compelled him to take the form of a werewolf. 
Why did I just say that so badly? Werewolf. Werewolf. Ramsey had experienced his first transformation at the age of nine. As he described it, he was playing outside when he felt an icy cold breeze, followed by an awful smell before he flew into a rage, uprooted a fence post with the fence still attached. Oh my God. Superhuman. And, and was gnawing at the wire mesh. Ramsey would not experience another episode like this until adulthood, where he would fly into violent fits of rage, during which he would display inhuman strength, baring his teeth and growling while curling his hands like claws. When the Warrens caught wind of this in 1989, they convinced Ramsey to come to their church in Connecticut and undergo an exorcism with their specialist, Bishop Robert McKenna. Whoa. So that one's very odd. And <laughs> yeah, that one I feel like is like, a lo- there's a lot that you're like, okay, but mental illness. But the inhuman strength part is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess a that huge is rush of adrenaline could provide that. But yeah, I don't know if mental illnesses provide that. Yeah, I don't know about that either. And also being yeah. a nine-year-old. Right. You just don't have much strength. Yet. No. Yeah. 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 There's not a lot of muscle to leverage. Yeah. I, yeah. I see what you mean. Hmm. Yeah. So that one's very odd. Um, and then the last one, which we also chatted about a bit last week, Amityville, um, which is probably the most well-known mm-hmm. of the cases investigated by them um, in Amityville, Long Island in 1975. As a reminder, the Lutz family had moved into their home where only a year before a mass murderer Ronald DeFeo Jr. had killed six member of, members of his family, his parents, and his siblings. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> during the first 28 days of their stay, the Lutzes reported swarms of flies, banging noises, disturbing entities, and witnessed the levitation of family members. When the Warrens were asked to cl- cleanse the house, they brought a local TV crew with them. So <laughs> I feel like yeah. this is kind of where, like, it feels like there was a departure at some point in their career where it was not about the ghost hunting. It was about, or demon hunting, I guess it was about the fame. So that's, that's my like take on them overall. I like, I really want them to be legit, but I also think they're human and probably fell prey to the fame monster. Yeah, definitely. They took photographs of the house when they came, one of which seems to show a little boy standing in the shadows with glowing eyes, which was the photo we shared from last week. Um, Lorraine has said that the Amityville house case is the one that haunts her the most. I mean, she's Hmm. no longer living now, but when she was Yeah, at the time. Yes. So that's kind of interesting. So let's go back to Judy Warren. Um, So... Their daughter, this was in 2020, um, kind of took took the the spotlight for a bit. So her name's now Judy Spera. She and her husband Tony run the magazine. So they they magazine. The, I read the word magazine and <laughs> meant to say the word yeah. museum. 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 <clears throat> they run the magazine. You know. <clears throat> so they do it um, all. Something interesting about her upbringing, because obviously. There's not like you. Didn't, I didn't even know they had a daughter until this research. Like I just knew of them, and it's horrifying to think that that's what your parents do, and that you have this like demon museum in your fucking house. Like that's a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. So what's interesting though is that um, she did an interview um, with uh, a publication called Den of Geek, which. <laughs> Um, And she said that she actually lived with her grandparents while her parents were traveling on their investigations. And that was frequent. So she really only spent a very brief amount of time in her parents' house. And she was quoted saying, I was terrified there in their house. So I just didn't sleep there. I couldn't sleep in a room by myself. And I was young. I was very young. Um, And then as she got older, she obviously had more direct exposure to the cases and what her parents were working on. One case that they were talking about the most when she was a little bit older was the devil in Connecticut case, which is referring to Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, uh, who killed his landlord, Alan Bono, and in 1981, and he used a demonic possession defense. So Hmm. 
I didn't know anything about this. So I just wanted to do a quick little tangent and talk about this briefly. So basically this man killed his landlord in the defense said I was possessed by a demon. Like it wasn't me. It was the demon that did it. Um, Mm. He was actually released from prison only five years as a prisoner because he was a model prisoner. Like he, he was only in for five years for murdering someone. Yeah. Well, he really turned around. Yeah. Um, And he was 24 when he Hmm. was, is that right? Yeah. 24 when he was released. So his story was actually also made into a, a, t- a movie for television, but still mm. a movie. Yeah. Um, he was married while in prison, received a high school degree while in prison, and was released on parole, um, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, he was arrested the day after he murdered Bono. I shouldn't say that. Alan Bono, his landlord. Wait a minute, Bono. The prosecutors said the two had been drinking and began arguing, and then the stabbing occurred. So he was stabbed to death. Mm-hmm. Um, so he served almost five years of a ten to twenty year sentence for his November nineteen eighty one conviction on a reduced charge of first degree manslaughter. Um, In pretrial hearings, he claimed he had become possessed by demons after challenging the devil to leave a 12-year-old boy and enter him during an exorcism. Whoa. And I'm like, of all, right, of all the demonic possession defense stories you could go with, you go with one that's like really hard to prove. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, why not just say like it was a demon and leave it at that? Because yeah. aren't people going to be like, hey, can we talk to the kid? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> right. Can he corroborate the story? He's like, it's my, it's my godchild. You're like, what? <laughs> That's like, we talked about it before, too, where people who are lying usually try to make up yeah, too exactly. many details. Yeah, it's, yeah, devil's in the details. But it, actually, that metaphor doesn't apply. Well, yes. <laughs> but you get what I mean. Uh-huh. Um you know his defense was just like shut up, stop, yeah, stop, 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 would you stop? Would you, would you stop? <laughs> would you stop coming in here and saying <laughs> the Lord's name? Thanks. Um, really harsh in my mellow, man. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, he said he killed Bono while under the devil's spell. A superior court judge refused to allow Johnson's defense of innocent by demonic possession. Nevertheless, the case attracted widespread attention. A book was written in 1983. There was a television movie movie on NBC called The Demon Murder Case. Read it. Oh, uh-huh. um, and it starred Andy Griffith and Kevin Bacon. So oh. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so wow. weird. Huh. <clears throat> Yes. So um, the one of the prison, I think the prison director basically said like he was an exemplary inmate. His mental condition was carefully examined and they found no negative factors, which says to me, he just murdered that guy in cold blood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So there's a ton of other information about him and and his life, but... um, Ed, so, okay, so um, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who worked on the case and also attended the exorcism of Johnson, um, said that Johnson and his wife, quote, were very happy, end quote. So, like, they hmm. were, like, on his side. So they clearly really believed that he was possessed by a demon. Yeah. Um, huh. And wow. both said Johnson shows no signs of being possessed. Um, Ed Warren is, has on record to say, quote, possession doesn't last 24 hours a day. It comes quickly and leaves quickly. Arnie understands what happened to him. He now knows if something happens, how to ward it off and he won't be stupid enough to take on the devil again. End quote. Wow. So I thought that was interesting. Uh Quite. Um, Yeah. So sorry for the little detour, but I just thought that was so interesting. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> so growing up, her dad told, so back to Judy Moore. So growing up, her dad told her stories about um, their investigations and it scared the bejesus <laughs> out of her to the point sure. where she, she doesn't like, she has a hard time even now, like immersing herself in the investigations. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, her parents are, are on record as saying that she would offer useful insights into the methods and techniques we used while performing investigations. So she was kind of like the like more logistic side of things. Like she, as she became, became more involved. Hmm. So as I already mentioned, the real life Annabelle doll is a raggedy Ann doll gifted in 68. Um, all the drama unfolds. So they, after the, um, after the Warrens came, they took the doll from the house and encased it in the glass box to contain the evil spirited <laughs> entity. Now, I'm going to be real with you. There's a photo on here I didn't notice before, and it's of the Raggedy <laughs> Ann. And I feel like it's looking into my soul, and I am actually <laughs> a little creeped out by it. So I yeah. rescind my previous statement saying that Raggedy mm-hmm. Ann's aren't scary. It's also the way that she, it, the way it, uh, not she, it is sitting. Uh-huh. It, but it looks lifelike. It looks mm. like the position looks There's like something more. Person. Yeah, mm. I don't like that at all. Anyway, scrolling okay. right past that. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna look at so, it. So, yeah, holy, I will, I will send it. I will send it. Um, <laughs> The Warrens put Annabelle and her glass case in their now-closed Warren Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. Um, And when Judy first bought, um, sorry, first brought Tony home, she had to tour, he had to tour the museum without her because she told him, I've never gone into that museum. She was terrified Uh of it and mainly Mm -hmm. of Annabelle. So these days the museum is closed to the public, but all the stuff is still in there. So that's hmm. kind of encouraging. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, so what, she said what, something. What would happen sorry, to that stuff if they ever <laughs> needed to sell the house or whatever? Like who's going to take just that? burn it all. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there would be people who want it. <laughs> well, a hundred percent. A hundred percent people would want it. Crazy. People are weird. <laughs> People are very weird. I mean, like, I have the morbid curiosity, but I would never actually yeah. do it. Right. You know? Like, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, like, kind of want to, but I wouldn't actually do it. I'd be way too scared. Yeah. I just want to know and the also, stories. I don't want to have yeah. it happen to me. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to live the story. That does not no. sound well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to get to this in a minute. But something that Judy notes is she has never escaped or acted up. Uh, but I don't want her to get any ideas. And so I was like, sorry, come again? <laughs> so um, the I looked that up. So from October of last year, actually, it was supposed to write around Halloween. So I was like, oh, cute. Um, so this is from The Sun. Um a haunting story of possessed Annabelle doll that killed man is set to escape museum this Halloween. So mm-hmm. everyone like I, I, they're actually, they, they posted a ton of really good photos of the real Annabelle mm-hmm. also compared to the movie Annabelle. So we'll have to post those. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so um, she, like I said before, she's still in the locked box at Warren's Occult Museum and in her Monroe home with Judy. Um, Mm -hmm. And the Warrens said to their very last days, basically, that the doll is occupied by an inhuman spirit. And those who approach its glass case are instructed to not touch it. Um, One person in particular chose to disobey those rules, a move that proved deadly. Uh, oh no (laughs) what happened yeah after taunting the doll a motorcyclist was instructed to leave before later being involved in a crash that resulted in his oh my gosh which like that's That's too much of a coincidence coincidence, but also like too much of one yeah i agree Mm-hmm. I don't like Especially that. Especially because I think I remember if there was a priest involved in the Annabelle story, I think 
I remember that he got in a car accident after being skeptical about Mm -hmm. whether there was actually a spirit in there. So freaky. And yeah, he was like driving back from seeing her and got in a near fatal car accident. That's so freaky, dude. That is creep city. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Oh. Um, And so Tony Spira, the husband, said, never take things like this lightly, thinking it's a joke. Um, Who's Mm -hmm. the the son-in-law, the husband of Judy? So according to reports, this is about the escape. According to reports, rumors of Annabelle's alleged escape began after a Chinese translation mishap of a video by a YouTube user named High Tech. In the video, Annabelle actress Annabelle Wallace was doing an interview in which she stated that she got the Mummy co-star Tom Cruise to run with her on camera. Somehow, when it was... (laughs) Somehow, this made me laugh when I first read it, and then it's making me laugh again. (laughs) Somehow, when it was translated to Chinese, the story was switched to Annabelle escaped. Just like, and then people just were like, Annabelle the doll? Run with it. (laughs) Run with it. So then obviously social media went into a total frenzy. Um, However, the Spears said the rumor is not true. Um, They assured social media users that Annabelle was still in the museum in her glass case. Um, So... So Spira in the video is like, I'm in here in the museum because of the rumors that Annabelle has escaped. I'm sure they read that and were like, she did? <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was interesting. Um, so the story, the story of Annabelle, I kind of already talked through. Um, and so that's kind of like, I don't know. There there are some more details about the story, like the original story of Annabelle with the nurse and all these like crazy things that happened. Um, But one little detail I did want to add about Annabelle Higgins, who allegedly was a seven-year-old girl who possessed the doll. It was revealed actually that she had resided and died on the property. Now, I don't know if that was confirmed, but that's what the medium had said. So kind of confusing and a little bit I don't know kind of hard to tell like what exactly was the truth there Mm -hmm. um but uh when the Warrens contacted the nurse to offer assistance they came to basically an immediate conclusion that the doll was in in fact possessed and manipulated by an inhuman presence um and they quoted they were quoted saying this spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of being alive in order to get recognition. Truly the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll. It was looking to possess a human host. Right. Very creepy. Mm -hmm. So after they ordered an exorcism, spirit stated the Warrens removed the doll from the apartment during their exit. Ed suggested that they didn't take the highway home. (laughs) So I think like the, the, uh, car accidents were really a common thing around yeah. her, which is uber oh, creepy. God. Yeah, that is very creepy. She's a creepy Your turn. Girl. <laughs> She's a real creepy girl. She's a very creepy girl. <laughs> exactly. Oh, That's her theme song. Turn. I can't wait. I can't wait. My turn. Okay. Ta-da. You ready? Yeah, I'm so, ready. Okay, yeah, I already said this to you, but <clears throat> going to be honest that this was a really scary one for me. <laughs> um, so sorry. Because, no, <laughs> I think, it, I mean, it was fun to research, but it's just like, obviously, I really believe in the existence of ghosts and spirits and energies or whatever. And I've been fortunate that my experiences with it have never been truly bad. Um, or even that scary necessarily. Yeah. Um, of course, any paranormal encounter can be jarring and like eerie because we don't exactly know what's going on. But for the most part, believing in ghosts for me hasn't been a scary thing, but has been something that I like yeah. to ponder and consider when I think about like the universe and what happens yeah. after we die and everything that we've talked about in the last few episodes. Um, so yeah, but of course there's darkness in the world, so it would only make sense that there's also darkness when bad things happen or when bad people do bad things and it gets left behind. 
Um, but all of that to say that I feel like this is like the worst of the worst <laughs> when it comes to yeah. hauntings. So yeah, here we go to the dark side. <laughs> okay, so this is um, about the Conjuring universe, people called it in a lot of these articles. Welcome to the Conjuring universe. And Welcome. Um, Ed and Lorraine were involved in this case as well, but their role was smaller than I thought. Oh, Ooh, um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to it. But maybe, I mean, I might have missed details, so if you saw anything, please add. But okay, from what I read, it seemed like it was just kind of a blip that they were there oh, and then they were gone. Okay. Um, but yeah, so there's now three movies based on this um, in the Conjuring franchise. And I haven't seen any of them, so <laughs> hopefully <laughs> that's probably, that's probably best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm hope I'm not gonna just be sharing details from the movies um, that people already so. know. But if not, this is for anyone who hasn't seen them. So, <laughs> okay. So the true story um, comes from the Perrin family, who moved into a farmhouse that was called the. Arnold Estate Farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island in the 1970s. And shortly after they moved in, the Perrin family started to experience hauntings, um, some of which were just little things like sensing of presences. And notice that I say presences, plural, because the family believed this home was a place where many spirits resided. Um, and other things, though, were quite big and scary. <laughs> so some of the smaller things that they described included objects being moved around the house, some inexplicable sounds that would come from empty rooms, and the appearance of little piles of dirt, usually on the kitchen floor, but also in rooms that the mom, Carolyn, um, just cleaned. So they- I were, don't like that. No, <laughs> me either. Um, but that's just little a, piles of dirt, like yeah. just like a, just like subtle and creepy. Like, <laughs> yeah, it it's is like very Blair, it's Blair Blair witchy kind uh -huh. of. Thing. Yeah, and it starts to make you wonder, like, did I just not get that spot? Did I do that? And yeah, it just starts to question things. Questioning so, yourself, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but then this evolved into much much bigger things when the five parent children who are all girls um they started to be terrorized by something in the house um this included some inexplicable instances of near suffocation for one of the sisters Jesus. an instance of a near drowning in the bathtub and the oldest daughter andrea who has been the most vocal about her experiences she was visited every night by a spirit with a bent neck, which sends oh. shivers to the very core of my being. <laughs> that is nightmarish. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, because I think I've mentioned that it before, but anyone, anyone who knows me knows I hate broken bones, like so much to the point that I can't even stand cracking knuckles. So the visual of that is really... Uh, haunt me. <laughs> yeah hell no dude okay but, never ever ever watch haunting of hill house <laughs> yeah okay is that part of this is it part of the conjuring because i was trying to i thought there was a tv show as well but when i googled yeah. it it just said the movies yeah i don't know i i've i feel like i've read such conflicting things i just read haunting of Bly Manor? No, it was Haunting of Hill House. I just read Haunting of Hill House, but it's oh, totally yeah. different. The book is, to yeah, I read it when we were in yeah, Mexico. Mexico. Mm -hmm. It's totally different from the show, the Netflix show, if I'm remembering it correctly, but I think I mm -hmm. am. And it's yeah. very different. But then I've also heard things about it being like some sort of like spinoff kind of from mm -hmm. The Conjuring. So I'm not sure. I really don't know. There are so many common themes yeah. and like images i feel it's like the yeah. neck thing is definitely a commonality okay 
blurred yeah. blurred lines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yikes. Okay. Big so, yikes. <laughs> this bent neck spirit. Um Andrea, when she would torment her at night, got the impression that this spirit was attempting to possess Carolyn Perrin, who is Andrea's mom. Yeah. Um and she wanted to do that so that she could kill all the children in the house. Ew. And, yeah. <laughs> so um, Andrea also believed that this spirit was particularly like competitive and like fixated on Carolyn because the spirit thought of herself as being the matriarch of the house and didn't like that Carolyn was there in her place. So, yeah. But Andrea, by the way, she's written a few books and she's been a guest on several podcasts and like been in documentaries um, to tell her story. So you can hear even more details from her if you just Google her name. Um, it should all come up. It's Andrea Perrin. I feel like I've said that a few times, but <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. So, okay. As things continue to escalate... Carolyn Perrin tried to do some research about the history of their farmhouse, um, which is when she was presented with the name Bathsheba Sherman. Bathsheba? I Bathsheba. Don't know. I think it's Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Okay. So the Sherman family lived on a neighboring farm for generations. So interestingly, Bathsheba actually never lived in the Arnold Estate farm. Oh, interesting. But was just a neighbor. So, yeah, that's an important detail, but we'll talk a little bit about her later. Um, but once Carolyn had gotten a hold of this information, she called in the Warrens, who came to the house and did their investigation and confirmed that um, the angriest and the most restless spirit in the house was named Bathsheba. So... <laughs> It's interesting that Carolyn already had that information at the time that she called yeah. the Warrens because um, she might have shared that with them. And right. that's like how they got that impression. So who knows? But yeah, that's what they said. And they, for whatever reason, the Warrens decided to conduct a seance in the house, um, I guess, to try to contact this spirit, even though she seemed to be, like, readily available <laughs> to them anyway. Right. Um, but Jesus. in the movie, they portrayed it as an exorcism, but it was um, just a seance. And so that was in 1974, and Andrea um, witnessed what happened, and she thought that her mom was dying during this seance because... She became possessed by one of the spirits in the house. Oh, shit. Presumably the scary one. Yeah. Um, but Andrea describes it as she had witnessed her mother's body contort into a ball. And as it was happening, Carolyn was screaming and speaking some unknown language. Um, her body was slammed into the floor and she landed on her head. And went unconscious for several minutes before she came to. Oh yeah. So just a horribly traumatic experience for everyone. Seriously. And after that, Carolyn's husband, Roger, um, threw the Warrens out of the house for good. <laughs> and Whoa. they only came back one time. And it was just to make sure that Carolyn had recovered from that experience. Mm -hmm. But... That, as far as I could tell, was the extent of their involvement. Whoa. So, it's kind of like they came in, made everything worse, and left. Yeah. So They're like the heroes, kind of, in, in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, because I did read one interview with um, Andrea, who... Yeah, she took issue with a few things in the movie. I don't think she explicitly said anything about the role of Ed and Lorraine. Um, but that would make sense because it sounds like in the movie they made it an exorcism. Yeah. Where in reality, I guess that wasn't what they were doing. They were just trying to contact this spirit, not exorcise it. That's That seems unethical. <laughs> a little bit. 
So do you have the, okay, so then what happened? So how did they get rid of Bathsheba? So they didn't. (laughs) Um, What? And yeah, the, the parents remained in that house until 1980. So it was like a full decade. Um, They couldn't move anywhere else because of their finances. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting also in that interview with Andrea, she said, so there were many presences in that house and some of them, it sounds like they were, they became friends. Like there was a little boy named Oliver who befriended the youngest sister, April, because they were like close in age. And when they did finally move out of the house, they wondered if the spirits would follow them. And when they didn't, they were like, um, no, they must be stuck there because we loved each other. (laughs) So if they could have left, they would have. Yeah. it's almost like they had these horrifying experiences, but they were kind of few and far between. In yeah. the movie, it makes it seem like everything it's happened all at once. One big thing. Yeah. yeah. But I think and like it, it was, escalates and escalates and then yeah. 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 I mean, that's not to say that all of that isn't terrifying, but I yeah. think it was, you know, a slower progression. Oh my God. I can't get over the Warrens coming in, literally bringing the demon into the mom and then being like, bye. Oh, you have a yeah. major head injury. Bye. I know. I think that what? was an unintended consequence of the seance. Yeah. They were I'm probably sure. just trying to talk to her. But I mean, she was so restless. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just unpredictable what she would have done. But. Yeah, to go back to Bathsheba really quickly. Yeah. Um, both Andrea and Carolyn do not believe that Bathsheba was the spirit in their home. Mm, um, interesting. And in that interview with Andrea, she calls herself, quote, Bathsheba's greatest defender. And she thinks that it wasn't Bath- Bathsheba because, like before, like I said before, she never lived in that house, she was just a neighbor. Yeah. And they later found out that Mrs. Arnold, who was the original resident of the house, hanged mm-hmm. herself in the attic of the home in 1797. So, bent neck. Uh, oh! <laughs> so, it seems to make much more sense. Oh, my God. Oh, I have full body chills. <laughs> I, like, kind of forgot that little detail until you, huh? yeah. you just really, like, forced those dots connect. Yeah. So, Shit. it makes much more sense. And the fact that she's very territorial, it's her house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's much more likely in my mind. So, also, why didn't they just go that route with the movies? That's equally terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, because Bathsheba has an also interesting story. Oh, so, okay. yeah, she, okay, there are. There's not too much that's known for sure about her. Yeah. Like some people think she was just an average person, but she also might have been a child murderer. So she was not oh. guiltless. <laughs> um, okay. Got it. Got it. So, yeah. And some people also thought she was a witch working for the devil, etc. Mm-hmm. But I feel like at that time that happened to a lot of women <laughs> who had yeah. any kind of personality. They were like, which so yeah. <laughs> what happened to her too um which <laughs> oh you have a personality which <laughs> exactly <laughs> but oh, they, shit. the stories of Bathsheba um mm-hmm. one was that somebody asked her to watch their child for a while and while she was watching, the boy died, like, in her care. Oh. And he actually died from having, like, something really tiny impale him, like, in the brain. <laughs> so um, at the time, I don't know what they were thinking, but no one was taken to trial or anything. So people were very suspicious of Bathsheba, and her role in this, but nothing ever really <laughs> happened. 
So what? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there is another story of somebody having witnessed Bathsheba allegedly killing her child um, oh. as an offering to the devil. So that, that sounds like something someone makes up to prove someone's a witch. Yeah, exactly. So, and then the only like real thing, I guess, is that when you look at the census from this era, I don't have the exact date. Mm -hmm. It shows that Bathsheba and her husband had three children and they all died before the age of four. So (laughs) probably got dragged into things because she may not have been a good person, but she maybe Mm. and probably isn't the spirit involved in the conjuring interesting wow okay her story is freaking whack (laughs) yeah so that's that i the bent neck thing just i'm gonna need to expel that (laughs) from my mind (laughs) just envision see look how straight my neck is (laughs) nice and straight super straight just like straightforward no tilting just straight (laughs) thank you that helps you're welcome. Good. And I mean, think about like your your neck is bendy. Like, oh look, it's bent. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, We've just, got spinal fluidity. We good. That's true. I'll just imagine. Think about her that. Yeah. Moving her head side to side. <laughs> Rather than what I initially thought. Yeah, don't don't do the aggressive (laughs) jerk. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Just to make it worse. We'll leave it there. (laughs) That's enough. Perfect. Wow. That's enough of that. Um, Creepy. I want to rewatch all of these movies. And that reminds me, we should do a movie viewing. A movie viewing. (laughs) We should do a movie viewing. That'd be uh-huh. really fun. Um, I don't know, one of these movies, <laughs> but not one that's gonna scare the pants off you. Uh, they all might. <laughs> that's fair. We'll noodle on it. it. We'll noodle on it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think okay. it would be fun. Because we'll be, <laughs> be we'll fun. be look off the record, even though this is being recorded. <laughs> off the record, we're watching virtually. So no one is gonna know if you haven't muted. Or if you're looking at the wall and not at the TV. That's true. I can just, just throw it up your there. reaction. Yeah. And react just accordingly. Watch me watching the scary, and then everyone else can watch us both uh-huh. watching the scary, you watching me watching the scary. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> sounds like a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I can hear the boys in the background. Are they getting rowdy? Oh, yeah. They're probably playing this new golf game that's on Xbox. Oh. It's a mini golf game. <laughs> of They're all? Really- okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's something you actually can, like, go do. Well, so it's not just they did golf. that already. They already went mini golfing in real life. Today? No. no Today? Like oh, my God. No way I would have died if they just, that's their hobby. They're like, Mindal is the thing. (laughs) No, I actually played around with them. It's pretty fun because it's kind of like, well, there's some physics involved, which I'm really, it just makes me frustrated (laughs) when I can't figure out how to put spin on the ball and whatever to make it go. Yeah. Yeah. So they like that. Whatever. Nerds. Yeah. Freaking nerds. <laughs> really cute nerds. Yeah. It's just so old friends are the best. Retweet, sis. Retweet. <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. Well, you are going away this weekend to see one of our other old friends. Yay. Kayla. Yay. Wait. <laughs> I don't even Yay. know if she listens to this, but. I don't either. But if she does, hey, Kay. Hey, Kay, girl. <laughs> Um, well, I hope you have a fabulous time. Um, we are recording this early in the week, friends. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to be late for you because we've been late for you before and we're trying not to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're trying. <laughs> um, 
We're on schedule. We're on schedule. German um, train schedule. German German train schedule. Um, thank you for listening. TBD yeah. on next week's uh, topic. topic. But we're going to think mm-hmm. about it. And we're also going to talk about movies that we potentially could live stream and figure out how we can do that. We have access yeah. to video on Spotify. Oh, but we also could start like a little Patreon situation or mm-hmm. just go live on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we will true. think about it. We will let okay. you guys know. Don't you worry. And stay spooky. Yes. Stay spooky. Most importantly, stay spooky. Stay Most spooky. importantly of all, <laughs> stay spooky. All right, guys. Peace out. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.